Uh, Look with me in Mark chapter 14 and verse number 36. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's about to be betrayed by Judas. And it says he had had been sweating great drops of blood. He was praying intensely this prayer. And if you look with me, verse 36, it says, And he said, Jesus, Jesus was speaking, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for such a great and loving church family. I pray that you'd be with me, give me the words to say. Please empty me of myself, Lord, and help me to just say the things that you have for me to say. Please speak to our hearts tonight. We'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Here in this verse, we see that, that Jesus is acknowledging that God can do literally anything. He says in the verse, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. And a lot of times when we go to God in prayer, we know that he can answer it. And we acknowledge the fact that he has all power and he's able to do these things that we ask. Then he goes on and he asks, take away this cup from me. The cup in this verse is the cup of divine wrath. What Jesus is asking is for God to take away the cross from him that he was about to endure for us. And a lot of of us, sometimes we don't realize that when we're praying for things and when we don't understand why God is not taking something from us or changing a situation, and we wonder and sometimes we can get confused and ask God, why? Why aren't you doing this how I want it to be done? And why aren't you doing it in my timing? And here in Mark 14, Jesus is in the same shoes. He's asking uh, God to take away this cross from him. And then, as many of you know, God didn't take away the cross from him. He had to endure it for our sin. And in Mark 15, in verse 34, it says at the ninth hour, at this time, Jesus had been enduring the cross for us that he had asked God to take away from him. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So here, Jesus has asked in Mark 14, God, you can do anything. Take away this cup from me. Take away this cross that I'm going to have to bear. Take it from me. I don't want to bear this cross. And a lot of us, we don't want to bear these things that are in our life. A lot of it maybe is a sickness. Maybe it's, it's, it's a situation at work, and it's a boss that, that, you know, that, that just can frustrate us. And maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a family member. That, that is away uh, from God and that you're burdened for. Maybe it, it could be a number of things, but there's someone and something specific that you're praying, take away this cross from me, something that's too big for me to bear and that you don't want to bear it, and you're actually praying, God, take it from me, but he's chosen to leave it with you for you to bear it. And then just like Jesus in Mark 15, 34 that we just read, we can then feel forsaken. God, I feel like I'm, I'm living right, I'm doing right, but yet when I'm asking you to take this from me, you're not. You're allowing me to go through this suffering and bear this burden that I don't understand why. And just like Jesus, we can feel that way. So why doesn't God 
take away our cross? Why doesn't God take away my cross? Why didn't he take away the cross from Jesus when he had asked him to? I want to give you guys a a few reasons in this passage in in Mark 14 and 15 of why God didn't take away the cross from Jesus and a lot of times why he doesn't take away our crosses. Number one, I see in Mark 14, 24, that sin has consequences. And you might say, how does sin have consequences? Jesus, yeah, he was tempted, but he, he didn't sin. How could it be because of sin? Well, it wasn't the sin of Jesus. It was our sin. In Mark 14, 24, and he said unto them, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. In Romans six twenty three, for the wages of sin is death. That's an eternal death. That's a, a place in hell that we are, we are condemned to because of our sin. But God left the cross with Jesus. He let him endure that because sin had a penalty and sin still has a penalty. And, and yes, Jesus uh, died on the cross and he rose again so that our eternal death is taken away. But in Psalm 66, 18, the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You know, sometimes I wonder in our lives if the cross in our life can sometimes be a self-inflicted cross, something that, yeah, we're asking God to take away and we have it on the prayer list and we're asking God, change this situation, help this family member, but in our life there's unconfessed sin and God cannot bless a life if there's unconfessed sin. He won't answer that prayer if there's sin in your life. So how do we get rid of that sin? 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I remember uh, growing up when I was in high school and whenever I would uh, get myself in trouble, it may have happened once or twice. Uh, don't, don't ask my mom. I don't think she remembers how many times. But whenever I would get in trouble, my dad would have me go back to, to the room, to their bedroom. And you know, that was the worst time waiting until he got back to the room. I knew what was coming. But I remember one time specifically, I'd kind of gotten out of the stage of spankings, and it was a different type of punishment. And, and, and my dad was very, was very tender-hearted, and he was just asking me. He said, you know, son, are you doing this? And he had already knew, knew that I was. And I admitted, yes, yeah, I'm doing this. I know I shouldn't be. And, and he asked another thing, are you doing this? And I said, yeah, I'm doing that. And and I was admitting, and then he, he said this to me, and I'll never forget it. He said, son, you're admitting your sin, but you're not confessing it. See, a lot of times when God confronts us and, he, and something happens in our life, then we'll admit it. Okay, yeah, I shouldn't have been doing this, and yeah, this wasn't right in my life, but, but we don't confess it to him before it gets to that point. Yeah. And to get rid of this sin that has consequences, we're going to have to confess it to God. Some of you might say, well, there, there's not any unconfessed sin in my life. I'm living right, but yet there's still a cross in my life that I'm having to bear, that I've asked God to take away. So why, why do I have that cross if it's not sin? Number two I see in this passage that suffering revealed commitment. In Mark 14, verses 60 and 62, And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answer thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But he, Jesus, held his peace and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. 
And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then in Luke 23, 34, it says, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The amazing thing about that verse is that that wasn't after the fact. That wasn't after the cross had been taken away from him and then everything was good. And then he says, okay, God, forgive them for, for wronging me. No, this was actually during the crucifixion. And yet he still forgave those that were, that were, that were causing the suffering in his life. So here, I wonder in our lives, see for Jesus, he first held his peace in Mark 14. He didn't lash back at those that were causing suffering to him. Then when they were trying to get him to deny that he was God's son, he said, no, I am. Then he forgave them. And I wonder for us, and for Jesus, it revealed commitment, his commitment to God. But I wonder for us, how many times our crosses and the things that cause us suffering I wonder if they really reveal a commitment to God, or I wonder if sometimes for us it reveals really how far away we've got from God. And, you know, it's, it's really easy for me to, to say, oh, yeah, you know, God is good, God is great, and, and, and he ble- he's, has his blessing on me and all this when things are going well. But when I'm bearing a cross and when I am facing something that's bigger than me, sometimes it's another story. And it's hard to stay committed to God when things come into our lives that we don't understand. So I wonder today if we're committed to God, if the suffering in our life is revealing that. If not, Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. If you're dealing with with this doubt and confusion and, and, and questioning, you know, God, why do you have this in my life? Start serving. Commit thy works under the Lord. And get involved in a ministry. Start serving in a nursery, in a bus route, whatever the case may be, in the choir, and see that those doubts and that confusion, it'll soon get go away when it starts revealing how committed you are and bringing you closer to God. So we see that sometimes God doesn't take away our cross because sin has consequences, and we're going to have to confess that sin. Number two, suffering can reveal commitment or how far away we are from God. Get committed to him. And then number three, Simon was coming. In Mark chapter 15 and verse 21, it says, And they compel one, Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by, coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. See, you don't have to bear your cross alone. And God knows that. When he allows these these things into your life, he sees the big picture and he sees that there are going to be people that have been through what you go through and that are willing to help you. And Jesus, he was 100% man and 100% God. And the human side of him, his strength was weak at this point. And, And the Roman guards saw that he was not going to be able to bear his cross to Golgotha. And so they compelled Simon to bear it and to help him bear his cross. And I wonder for us, how many of us, either for some of us, for some of you teens or younger people, I wonder if some of you are not letting these adults and these teachers and these parents and pastor help you with things that they've been through. They're ready and they're willing to help you, but you're going to have to accept and let them help you through it. And uh, here in, 
in Mark uh, 15, we see that. And then also in Galatians 6, 2, it says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So we can help each other with these things, but ultimately, it's going to have to be Jesus that helps us with our cross. And in reading this verse, I can't help but think of Simon in this passage as a picture of Christ. See, for Jesus, his human strength was gone. And yes, he could have called down angels and he could have done anything. He was God, but he limited himself and his human strength was then weak. And Simon helped him. And for us, it's going to have to be Jesus that we let help us through things. I remember uh, my first year of college, I have a friend that's still close to him. His name is Dexter. Now, it's kind of a unique name, but that is his name, I promise. And he's one of my close friends, and, and I was going through something very difficult in my life. I didn't understand it, and I, was, I remember I was outside of the dorm, and I was just crying, and I'd been there for a long time. And, and he came up to me, and he gave me the, the, one of the best, uh, best advice that I've ever gotten. And he said, Jared, he said, I don't know what you're going through. And at that point, I was like, yeah, I know, you don't know anything. But then the next words that he said, I'll never forget. He said, but, he said, I know someone who does. And what he was counseling me with and what he was trying to tell me was, yeah, there's, there's some things that, that we won't understand and that we will never be able to help each other with. And you may be feeling in your life like there's nobody that can understand what I'm going through. Nobody else has this situation in their life. And that may be true. But Jesus knows. Jesus understands. Jesus has been through what you go through. He came to earth. He lived and he died and he rose again for you. And he's been through what you go through. Let him help you. In 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, Jesus, for he careth for you. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Psalm 61, 2, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock, that's Jesus, that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, that's Jesus. Give your cross to God. He's ready and he's willing to help you. Number four, God didn't take away the cross of Jesus because sinners would be converted. Mark fifteen thirty nine says, And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, and he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. In Luke 23, um, we, we see the account of the thief on the cross with Jesus. And we all know the story that the thief on the cross ended up getting saved. And he was with Jesus in paradise that day. And the amazing thing about the thief on the cross was that he didn't see Jesus rise from the dead. What he saw was Jesus' testimony when he was bearing his cross. And I wonder for us how many people at work or how many friends of ours or extended family or whoever that maybe is not in church and they may never step foot in church, but they're watching. Right. Not just how we deal with things when everything's going right and when God's blessing, but they're watching how you handle things that maybe you're praying God wouldn't allow in your life. And then the suffering comes and they're going to see and they're going to be watching if what you have is what you say it is if the Christianity that you say you have really is real in your life, if you are committed to Christ or not. So our testimony through when we bear our cross is so important. Sinners can be converted through it. And not just the, the, the centurion guard and the thief on the cross, but you know, we, we went over it at, at the beginning that 
the cross that Jesus bore was for, for my sin and for yours. You know, if you're here tonight and you're saved and you're born again, you were a sinner that was converted because of this cross that Jesus bore. And it's a blessing to think about that, that yes, Jesus didn't want that cross in his life and he asked God to take it from him, but because God allowed it and saw the big picture, how many lives have now been changed and how many of us now are, are able to experience eternal life because of that cross that God allowed in Jesus' life. So our testimony is so important. How is your testimony? And number five, and I like this one, the shepherd was in control. The shepherd is God. He was in control of everything. If, if uh, in, in Mark 16, uh, excuse me, Mark 14, in verse 36, Jesus' prayer, at the end of that prayer, he asked God to, t- to take away the cross from him, and then he says, nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. What he was saying was, God, I, I want this situation to be changed, but if not, I'm going to trust you in your will, in your way. And then in Mark 16, uh, 1-6, we see when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had, brought, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very, very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll away, us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he said unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. See, God saw the big picture. He saw the storm from the other side. He saw that Jesus, yes, he would have to go through suffering, but he would eventually rise from the dead. And in our lives, in your life, yes, it's hard now. And there are things that we don't understand that we've asked God to take away from us. But God sees the big picture. And he sees these sinners that would be converted. He sees that it'll bring you closer to him. He sees that there will be people that will help you along the way. And and he's in control of the situation that you're going through. You know, I grew up playing basketball, and I love basketball. I still play at the college that I'm at. And in high school, we had a player on our team, and he was, he was just an amazing athlete. He ended up going on and playing in college, doing amazing. But when we had him on our team, whenever we'd be in a close game, we would always get him the ball. I mean, there were some guys on our team that we were a little nervous. You know, every time they touched the ball, we'd start to sweat and look at the coach like, you know, why does he have the ball, you know? But, but there was this one player, his name was David. And, and when we got him the ball, everybody kind of relaxed a little bit because he was the best player on our team and he was almost all the time that we would play, he was the best player on the court. And when the ball was in his hands and when he was in control of the game, we knew we were going to be okay. Because he could score, he, he, could, he could hold the ball if we were trying to stall for time. And you know, God, the Bible says, has the entire world in his hands. You know, if he's in control of the entire world, I think he's in control of your situation. He's in control of the cross that, that he's allowing into your life. I ask today if you're trusting God with your cross, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead not 
unto thine own understanding. So we got to trust in the Lord with all thine heart, but then lean not into your own understanding. And a lot of times we don't understand our crosses. But you know, if we understood everything that happened in our lives, then there would be no reason for trust. Where would trust come in if we understood and had a reason for everything? And so I challenge you tonight that if there's something in your life, a cross, that's, that's weighing heavy on you, and, and you're a little bit confused, just like Jesus asked, why? Why have you forsaken me? And you feel forsaken and you wonder what the reasoning is. Is there sin in your life? Confess it. Is, there, is the suffering of the cross that it's bringing, is it revealing commitment? If not, get committed, get close to Christ, spend time with him, read your Bible, pray, get in church. Amen. There's a Simon in your life, and it may, be, it may be a family member, maybe a parent, it may be pastor, it may be a teacher. They're ready and willing to help you bear your burden with you. And ultimately, it's Jesus that's going to help you. There will be sinners that will be converted from it. And ultimately, we may not even know the reason for our situations until we get to heaven. But we can trust knowing that the shepherd, Jesus, he's in control of everything.